Hello, welcome back to Pagan Preaching. Um, everything has just been insane. So I know it's been several weeks and I promise I have a good reason for it. We did finally find a house, but preparing to move has just been a nightmare. And it's not just moving, it's like moving on top of working and every other obligation that I have to anyone ever, as well as like trying to find some time to rest and so it's just it's been a lot recently and it's starting to slow down um but probably don't expect another episode from me until at least the 29th of august that's the week after we move um and after that i plan to be putting out episodes on a more regular basis uh, but I am making some changes to improve the show, which might mean that I post once every two weeks instead of once a week. I want to try to give you all the best experience possible, but because I work full time and I, I, like I said, I have all these other obligations, that's going to mean probably posting less frequently so you have a better quality show. And lastly, just a big huge shout out to Matthew for filling in some of the gaps since I took that hiatus. He is full of so many just like amazing and astounding ideas and he has been gracious enough to help me improve the show for months like he sent me an email after the apollo episode that was episode three so matthew has just been all over the show in the background on the discord and he's just so wonderful and helpful and a really good friend of mine and so i hope to make him more of a staple in the podcast if that's what he wants um, as well as other pagans I know and listeners in the community, so you can all grow and learn from as many perspectives as possible. And with that, let's get into the show. So I chose Lou because Lunasa was just last weekend, and if I had time, I would have posted this episode then. Um, but Lou is the Celtic god of creativity, skill, harvest, and the sun. He is a son of Kian of the Tua de Danan and Enya from the Fomorians. And his origin story is just filled with shenanigans, as you can probably imagine from being, you know, the son of a member of the Tua de Danan and a Fomorian. So his mother, Anya, is the daughter of Balor of the Evil Eye. And Balor got his evil eye um, from when it was hit when he was younger by poison from this bubbling cauldron and since he couldn't look upon anything without it turning into flames and he only has the one eye so he had to wear this heavy eye patch which made him blind until it was removed for battle so then the other Fomorians feared him and ended up he ended up hating everyone but his daughter Enya and since a druid prophesies that his grandson would kill him. So he locks Inya away in a tower. And he says, I'm going to provide her with 900 maidens to care for her. So we'll have 300 fair-haired, 300 dark-haired, and 300 red-haired maidens to prevent her from ever knowing of men. But it's shenanigans, so... Things are going fine until Anya, standing at the top of her tower, sees a man and, like, instantly falls in love with him. And so, long story short, this man is Kian of the Tua de Danan, and he sees Anya and is also just in love with her. So he meets up with the druidess Birog, who tells him that he has to distract each of Anya's maids by sleeping with him. Or sleeping with them, I'm sorry. 
And Kian's like, that's a lot of kids. I, I just want any of them. I'm not interested in these 900 other women. And the druidess is like, well, that's too damn bad. You have to sleep with them if you want to get to Enya. And so he's like, okay, great. And so he sleeps with each one of them. And then he takes the child that each of them bears to Barak. And she throws them off the side of a cliff. Don't worry, they don't die. They turn into the Selkies, which are the shapeshifters that shift from seal to human. And this is going on and on until he gets through all 900 of these women. And once he has slept with all of them, produced a child with all of them, he finally gets to be with Inya. And she gives birth to triplets. But it's shenanigans, and Balor found out and tried to drown them all by throwing them off the cliff, like Barag. But Barag slaved Lou, and since he was saved, he was just sickly, and he had this weak heart, and he wasn't growing very quickly because he was so stricken with grief over his dead brothers. Barak says, you know, you have to take him to his grandfather, Balor, to name him, to heal him so he will grow like a normal boy. But they're like, Balor does not want this child. He tried to kill him because it was prophesied that his grandson would kill him. So how are we, we going to work this out? Well, it's through more shenanigans. Kian and Lou pose as these, like, this random gardener-son duo. And they go to Balor, who did not like children, did not want them around. Um, and he could only tell that there was a child because he could smell them. Remember the eye patch. And Kian says, listen, I'm like a great gardener and I would like to work for you. And Balor says, um, I'm not crazy about that. And I already have a great gardener. And also you have a kid. But Kian says, wait, wait, wait. The apple trees that I plant in the morning produce apples by the evening. Balor's like, whoa, that's pretty sweet. So you can come in and you can work. And one day Balor says, you know, I want to know what that gardener and his son are up to. And his servants say, well, uh, the gardener is in the tree working away while his son is laying beneath the tree as he's too sick to work. But Lou could still throw apples hard enough at the other trees that the apples would fall from those limbs. Finally, Balor says, well, get that long arm out of here. And since he said that, Lou received his name, Longarm. He was immediately healed. He got up and he ran and he sang like he always knew how to. And since then, you know, his parents were like, wow, he really can't be around here. Um, Because if Lou finds out who he is, you know, now that he's healed, he can be sent off away from his parents. Or sorry, if Balor finds out who he is, he can be sent off away from his parents. He's well enough to live away and Balor can't find him. So he was sent to be raised by foster parents. And there is like a little bit of debate as to who it was, if it was a mix of these individuals or one of them, or some of them, but what I found was he was raised by McManon McLear, the Irish sea god, Taichu, the queen of Fearbulk, and an earth goddess, and Gavida, the god of the smiths. And because of his foster parents, 
Lou became a master in pretty much every skill, which gained him entry into the Hall of High Kings and on the Hill of Tara. And Lou just became so famous for the mastery of his many skills, including battle, that he, as a skilled warrior, did go on to kill Balor with his magical weapon, the Spear of Asal. And the spear was so bloodthirsty that it would fight without its owner when thrown, and it could tear through entire armies while shooting fire. And then the spear became associated with lightning then. And in some parts of Ireland, it's still said that thunderstorms are really just Balor and Lou sparring. But aside from his skill in battle, Lou was also skilled in agriculture, no doubt due to the influence from his foster mother, the earth goddess, Talchu. And she gave the gift of agriculture and cleared the trees to humanity or for humanity so they would have space to cultivate the crops. But this gift took so much out of her that she began to wither and die. Uh, But before she died, she promised her people that Luke would transfer his spirit to the grain to empower the people through the winter. And after her death, Lou asked that his people honor her by a harvest of the first grains and a celebration of her life. And thus now we have Lunasa, which is the first of the harvest festivals. And then of course we have uh, Mabon and Sawin that come afterward, along with I'm sure a bunch of different other regional holidays. So now that I've given you the spiel. (laughs) Lou's myth is the most intense that I've ever done. And I didn't want to leave out very much. Like what I gave you is like the bare bones that I could find. I'm sure there's a bunch of different uh, versions of this myth and more information. I'm sure I didn't pronounce Irish very well, but um, this is kind of the foundation for the sermon that I wanted to give to you today. And now that I'm done with that, I'm going to open the sermon with just my first prayer that I found. It's by Hearthfire Handworks. I call to Lou of the many skills. I call to you, O God, O Lou who wields the spear of you. Be with me, O God. I thank you for a defiant heart. Be with me, O God. I pray for strength and certainty. Be with me, O God. O Lu of the mighty arm, I call to you. O Lu who is able in every art, be with me, O God. I thank you for a steady hand. Be with me, O God. I pray for skill and artistry. Be with me, O God. O Lu of the long and mighty arm, I call to you. O Lu of the contest, Lu of the feet, be with me, O God. I thank you for opportunity. Be with me, O God. I pray to you for a striving spirit. Be with me, O God. I call to Lou of the many skills. I call to you, O God. So you all know me, and I try to find the message with these deities and these myths. And through Lou's story, the theme that stood out to me most was defiance. Lou's beginnings are wrought with tragedy and grief and despair but he grew to represent optimism and stick It seems that in spite of his beginnings and the odds stacked against him, he thrived and made the absolute most of his lot in life, not just for himself, but for his people as well. And what can we take from this? So as pagans, we come into our paths 
through shaky beginnings, to say the least. Many of us are not born into this tradition and way of life, so we have to go through this metamorphosis of becoming who we are. We have to shed our past selves, our past ways of being and understanding the world. And that is really, really hard in most cases. Most pagans I know come to their path through grueling spiritual awakenings. What I'm getting at here is that coming into our pagan selves and embracing ourselves and the old gods is a painstaking process of birth in a sense. And birth itself is painful, dangerous, and traumatic. But our birthing process into paganism compounds on that pain as we are often born into a world with people and family members that don't accept us or want us. Like Lou. Lou was born already, you know, tried to be murdered and his grandfather father and that whole side of his lineage didn't want him but like Lou we thrive in spite of our beginnings pagans are hardy and sturdy people we withstand the blowback from our surroundings because we know our path and our truths are worth the struggle we don't throw in the towel after our awakenings because the sacrifices we make are too great or the load is too much to bear that is probably the aspect of paganism that we should all be the most proud of, our defiance and resilience. And still, not only do we stick to our truth, but many of us manifest that into some sort of witchcraft, occult, or other spiritual practice. And this is the other important lesson that we can take from Lou. Lou is a master of many skills, and he's not a jack of all trades. In fact, I think he spits in the face of that notion. Lou proves to us in the myth regarding his entrance to the Hall of High Kings that it is possible for an individual to master many skills. The gatekeeper at the Hall keeps trying to turn Lou away because they already have an individual with each skill he offers. Until Lou finally says, well, do you have someone who is a master in each of these areas? And, you know, people will often insist that you have to put the majority of your effort into one skill. As if skills are like buckets and you only have a certain amount of mastery, but that's not the case. In your practice, you can be, you know, a tarot reader, a spell crafter, and a green witch all at once. Or you can try your hand at divination, chaos magic, and necromancy like me. But the point is that the gods did not make us to limit ourselves. They made us capable of pushing our limits and saying, well, what if? What if I mastered three areas of magic in the next 10 years? What if I taught others to become multifaceted masters too? To limit our capacity and capability is to doubt in the God's creation. And I know it's much easier to underestimate yourself than to give yourself credit because I am guilty of that. But imagine the power you will possess if you change your thinking. If you understand yourself as being imbued with the love and blessings of the gods. Just something to think about. I'd like to share another prayer with you. It says, Great Lou, master of artisans, leader of craftsmen, patron of smiths, I call upon you and honor you this day. You of the many skills and talents, I ask you to shine upon me and bless me with your gifts. Give me strength and skill, make my hands and mind deft, shine light upon my talents, 
Almighty Lou, I thank you for your blessings. If you decide you want to take up working with Lou, know that he is associated primarily with the sun and that kind of yang energy, masculine divinity, storms, uh, mastery of skills, agriculture, and vengeance. And it would behoove you to work with Lou if you are needing inspiration or motivation. If you need help cultivating yourself the way Lou cultivated fields. Or if you even just need to be reminded of your own power. I'll also post some links to resources in the show notes. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Pagan Preaching. And you can also send me an email to ethne.aon at yahoo.com. And if you would like to support me in the show, you can send a donation to ethne-aon on Venmo or purchase a tarot reading on my Facebook page, Ethne Aon Tarot. Thanks for listening, and I'll check with you next time.